You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Chris Spangle Show. My name is Chris Spangle. It is great to talk to you today. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Um, little under the weather today. Wasn't able to do the show last night. So Harry is uh, has recorded a show. So we'll post that later. Um, Want to talk about the Bob Woodward book? I got it on Audible yesterday, and I'm about halfway through it. I would say. Um, and that's why I love Audible. Like, if you're not an Audible user, you definitely should be. Uh, I get two credits a month, and I have for years, so I, I really love listening to audiobooks because I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be halfway through this book in such a short amount of time if it weren't for Audible. Um, so I, a little those of you who don't know about Bob Woodward, uh, he was the one of the two reporters, Carl Woodward and Bernstein, Carl Bernstein, who broke the Nixon story in uh, the Watergate scandal with Richard Nixon in the seventies. Uh, a former naval officer, I think he was intel intelligence in the naval uh, in the navy. So obviously somebody with a with a military background, but. Uh, Woodward has always been, I was personally, I was one of those kids who was inspired. I must have seen All the President's Men around 10 or 11, um, started reading Woodward's books and and have read most of them up until the Obama administration. And when I was a kid, I wanted to go into the newspaper business because of that movie and I was inspired by it. And, And so, you know, obviously... You know, shortly thereafter, around then, I also got bit by radio, and I'm fortunate that to do this because it's really like a nice blending of the two. And so I've I've always liked Bob Woodward, and I'm not saying I don't now, uh, but he was somebody that maybe it's more I was inspired by Robert Redford than Bob Woodward, to be honest. Uh, so, you know, he helped crack the Watergate scandal. Uh, there are many great documentaries around it. There's one about Ben Bradley, the editor of the Washington Post, that was really good. Gosh, was that on HBO? It was on HBO or Showtime, and it's Bradley's recorded diary, and then they put images over it, and it's so good. It's such a good documentary, and they talk a lot about it. I learned a lot of stuff about Watergate that I didn't know in watching that documentary, so check that out if you're interested. And... So he has Bob Woodward has released a book called Fear about the Donald Trump administration. Now every administration, you know, since Nixon essentially, he has written a tell-all book about the insides, the inner workings of the administration. You know, really, I he may have started under Clinton. Uh, he wrote one about, um, I think Greenspan. He's written books about uh, his books about Bush, like Plan of Attack and the Iraq War were really uh explosive and he, he, he they were catalysts for abuse for the Bush administration so that's why a lot of people on the right don't like him um his obama books were fairly muted and unremarkable and so obviously a member of the establishment washington press beating up on a republican the press runs with that and turns it into a major news story so you know, the the way that this book has been sold in the media is that Trump is a nut job and we need to invoke the 25th Amendment. And there was this anonymous, anonymous op-ed that we talked about on Friday here on the show. And, you know, I just thought this was going to be another Richard Wolf fire and fury type 
tell-all book that's very gossipy, and it's not been that at all. In fact, if I'm Donald Trump, I want everybody to read this book because in a lot of ways what this does is it just it just takes his narrative of a deep state and really puts it on display. Um, the thing about the book is you can tell who the source is. And I don't know if Woodward intended it this, to, to be this way, but it's basically a transcription of Steve Bannon, Lindsey Graham, Steve Cohn, uh, you know, Reince Priebus, like you can, H.R. McMaster, you can tell all of these former officials from the from the Trump administration just sat down and did interviews. And, you know, Chris Christie, there, there's some stuff like the book starts out with uh, Rob Porter and Steve Cohn basically committing treason, <laughs> like, and thwarting the president. And it's really juicy. And then they get into the Steve Bannon portion of the book, where basically Bannon tells Woodward all the stories he didn't tell Richard Wolff for Fire and Fury. And so the first, like, four or five chapters are just nothing but Steve Bannon recounting the um, the campaign. And then you get into Steve Cohn recounting, you know, his hiring. And uh, one funny note is Steve Cohn, who's the former head of the national – was it the um, – the economic council and uh you know really kind of a an important position he's coordinating uh, a lot of the efforts for the economy for the president of the united states and he is uh sort of miffed that he's not getting the treasury secretary position and so trump essentially says to cone like what do you want to do do you want to be the defense secretary? No. Do you want to be the education secretary? Like he, he rattles off, just starts like rattling off these random positions. You know, director of national intelligence. No, I don't want to do that. I've got it. I hired the wrong guy to be treasury secretary and Steve Mnuchin. How about that? And Steve Mnuchin is sitting right there. <laughs> and so they leave the meeting and Mnuchin immediately goes out and leaks that he's been hired as the Treasury Secretary to make sure that he gets that position. Um, there's little things like that that are really kind of interesting that what I think the book does is it takes reports that we already have. And we have, if you're a, a consistent reader of news, if you read the New York Times or the Washington Post on a daily basis or keep up with what's happening then you already kind of knew a lot of this stuff, but what it does is it really shows you the behind the scenes of, of the news and the decisions, and you get to see like all the ways that the press during that period, the first year or so, the Bush or the Trump administration, how the press really gets a lot of stuff wrong, and how they they are just basically taking the word of someone like a Steve Bannon who's planting a story to screw Jared Kushner how how the news is slanted towards the the views of the source of the story uh and you know this is not something that we knew we didn't already know that you have to take everything in the media with a grain of salt including anything from the we are libertarians network but you you see how the press works you see how this administration has worked uh and you see really the undermining of the president of the United States. And for all of Trump's crazy impulses and for all of his tweets and for all of his bombastic nature, the picture in the book, at least up until, you know, chapter 20, I think I might be on, um, 
you see a president who is asking the right questions and is doing what he was elected to do. Uh, you know, we have this I, we have this view that Trump is just this madman, this giant baby in the White House. And I have that view. You know, here's a large child who's president of the United States. And this book, in some ways, has given me a, a modicum of respect for Trump because I hear a man who is asking the right questions. Here's an independent thinker who is sitting there going, why are we, why are we bomb? what happens when we bomb Syria? Are we going to, what happens if we kill children? Why are we in Afghanistan? Why are we still doing this? Why is the economy changing? Explain this to me. I don't understand. You know, and so for his all of his ignorance, it comes across as a strength. And so he doesn't come off bad in the book as of now. Like, I mean, who knows what happens in the third act here. But, um, you know, for all of the reporting around this book, it I don't see that invoking of the 25th uh, Amendment the president is incapacitated type behavior. I hear a person who is actually very um, engaged in asking questions, but the book is written from the other side, the other sources. And so you see Lindsey Graham, for instance, in the book bragging about trying to push the president into staying in Afghanistan or bombing Syria. He's bragging about it. He's bragging about perpetual war. And the president pushing back. And then Lindsey Graham gloating in the book a little bit about how he convinced the president that we should just have perpetual war in Afghanistan. Uh, he really is one of the villains of this book and of the United States. I mean, Lindsey Graham just comes across like such uh, a warmongering uh, jerk in this book. Like, he he's just... I, like... Trump, in the passage about Afghanistan, Trump is repeatedly saying, why are we there? I don't want to be there. I don't want to lose any more people. Why are we there? And every single person, from H.R. McMaster to his generals to Mattis to Lindsey Graham, are arguing, we have to stay there. We have to stay in Afghanistan. You know, And, and he keeps asking over and over and over, why are we there? Why are we there? When are we getting out? What's the end game? What's the end strategy? And only Lindsey Graham seems to give him an answer, according to this book, which is it's an insurance policy because you don't want to be the president that allowed a second attack on America to spawn from the same place the first attack spawned from. So we need to be there indefinitely. And my mouth was hanging open. I just could not believe that this was the answer. Um, and you see that at every single turn. Donald Trump keeps asking the status quo why are we doing this? Why do we do this this way? Why, why, why? And the so-called steady state, or as he would call it, the deep state, keeps saying, because this is how we do it. And he says, I don't want to do it that way. And then they do it anyways. Uh, so I think it's a really illustrative book uh, for Trump's narrative. And, you know, as somebody who... Like, the deep state to me is not a conspiracy. Like, that term gets, you know, very conspiratorial. But I don't think there's any... It, it just... It's irrational not to think that people who live and work in Washington, D.C., who have been there for 40 years and want to see a continuation of their policies or want to see a continuation of their employment would thwart 
newly elected officials or manipulate newly elected officials, especially ignorant elected officials like Donald Trump. I, I just think it's if you say, oh, the deep state doesn't exist, I just I don't think you're a rational person. Um, you know, once once you get into like the Pizzagate stuff where they're, you know, you're we're catching you engaging in pedophilia on tape to manipulate you, then I, then you lose me. But I do think that there is, uh, you see it in this book, the system is resistant to an agent of change like Donald Trump. And I think it's instructive to libertarians because if Gary Johnson were president, you'd see the same behavior from people. He, would, he wouldn't have enough outsiders to help fill positions, so he would hire insiders like a Gary Cohn, like an H.R. McMaster, like a James Mattis, like a Rex Tillerson. And then when Gary Johnson would be asking tough questions and pushing back, they would undermine him. They would go around him. They would try and find ways to to not do what he says. And that that's really troubling. And that's a really big problem. And I think that this book is uh, highly illustrative of that. So uh, I think it is, I think it's a good read. Um, I have uh, really enjoyed listening to it. I think it is really well written. And you know, as far as him being a fake book and having bad sources and blah, 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 like the guy has hundreds of hours of tapes. He has these conversations on tapes. You know, he can prove what was said. You know, the Chris Christie pushed back because Christie doesn't look great in the book. And it's because Bannon hates Christie. And so Bannon wrote the book. And, you know, Christie basically and Giuliani said the same thing. Like, if you're going to attribute direct quotes to me, why wouldn't you call and verify those quotes? You know, there are things in this book that he has Chris Christie saying that Christie says are not accurate. So, which, that can be troubling. But, um, by and large, I think that this book is probably, it. it's very in line with Fire and Fury. It's very in line with the reporting that we see every day. It's very in line with what you hear from people who have left the administration so, you know, the the thing, to get at the truth, you kind of have to hear a lot of different points of view and then kind of settle on what the common threads are. And I think that this book does a good job of kind of grabbing the common threads of what's happening in, in the White House. Is it chaotic? Yeah, but I don't think that this book portrays the the Trump administration any more chaotically than the first year of... Uh, Obama and Bush, according to my recollection, and it certainly, I mean, the first year of Clinton was very chaotic. Uh, if you go back and read about the history of the first couple years of the Clinton administration. So uh, one problem is, you know, I just finished the trade portion where they talk about the fights uh, about free trade. And guys like Steve Cohn and, uh, you know, Rob Porter and so, basically everybody who's been fired at this point were all the free traders. They were the ones who understood economics. And this kind of, and maybe this is a function of these guys being, you know, Cohn, former Goldman Sachs guy, you know, all of the guys that were talked to in this book, the, you know, we're, it shouldn't be a surprise that Bob Woodward, you know, the dean of Washington journalism, is talking to Washington insiders uh, from, you know, the so-called uh, establishment um or swamp uh, for this book, but those guys that were let go or aren't in the administration anymore that are in this book, with the exception of Bannon, uh, 
are portrayed as the competent people and they of course are no longer there and so you get the sense that oh crap uh the rational intelligent person that's right about trade in Steve Cohn is gone and what's left is Wilbur Ross and Peter Navarro <laughs> you know and and it is true like Steve Cohn versus Peter Navarro I'm going to I'm going to choose Cohn on free trade over Navarro who doesn't understand understand trade and thinks that protectionism is okay and so one one concern that I have after reading this is that the adults left the White House and the sycophants are left, the people that appeal to his worst natures and worst policies are left. But I also have to remember, like, the guys, you get that impression because you're just reading Steve Cohn's words. So overall, I think it's worth a read or a listen. I think it is worth uh, purchasing and and, and and I think it's a good refresher. I think if you're interested in what's going on in Washington politics, I think it's a good place to start. Um, I, I think it is not nearly the hype uh, or gossip that is made out in the New York Times. Like that, that was a tactic to sell books, and obviously it worked because they're now already in their sixth printing, and it came out yesterday. <laughs> They've sold like millions of copies before. I mean, tons of people were pre-ordering this. And I think what you end up getting out of the main theme is that Donald Trump is not as crazy as everybody says. He's asking good questions, and he's being undermined by his staff. And that's a problem. It's a real problem. And I have to wonder, like, who wrote that op-ed, and was there coordination between Bob Woodward? Because that op-ed, like, they're, they're grossly overplaying their hand. Like, if people think that... A, a, a group of unelected bureaucrats who have ties to the global elite undermining the president, the duly elected, democratically elected president of the United States, undermining him is a sign of something that Americans will like. Man, are they in their echo chamber and wrong. <laughs> like, uh, Americans are going to go, what? Okay, well, if if you're going to undermine him, we'll just give you more of him. You know, so so I think they're I think they're vastly overplaying their hands. They're trying to play for the coastal and DC elite and uh, showing the adults are in charge, and I think that's going to backfire big time in in the rest of the country, and I, I think that's going to be a significant problem for for people like me, people who I'm not I'm a Trump fan, and that I think he's hilarious. I'm a Trump fan, in that. Uh, it's great for my show and it's great for my downloads, but I think by and large his policies. I like. I, I'm a fan that Trump is uh, incapable of getting anything done. Like from a libertarian perspective, that's great. But I think morally he's a disaster. I uh, I, I think he is um, so incredibly wrong on trade. He's wrong on a lot of stuff, but. I don't want the people who caused a lot of all of our problems, the so-called steady state, as was said in that article, to be in charge. Because I believe in democracy. I believe that the American people elected a president, and you can't just circumvent that process because you don't like what he's saying and doing. Like, that's... it's 
and and a lot of that comes from there not be, there being a total lack of control in the president. You know, a, a strong president, um, a strong Congress, they would be um, a strong president wouldn't have a staff so out of control and undermining him. You know, so a lot of it is laid at Donald Trump's feet because he's so chaotic, because he's so in, ill-equipped to lead a staff this large. He's so ill-equipped to recognize what's happening uh, that this chaos just reigns. And so uh, you have to lay a lot of it at his feet. But interesting book, and I, I recommend it. So that is my review. I will uh, I will share with you any more nuggets that might come out, but um, definitely worth your time. All right, so we will see you. Uh, I'm going. We're going to the studio opening tomorrow of the Boss Hog of Liberty. So they have a studio. So check out the Boss Hog of Liberty on Thursday night at 7 p.m. Uh, Harry and I will be out there, and uh, we'll talk to you. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, bye bye.